According to a dictionary publisher, vax, short for vaccine, is the word of the year. But what animal can we trace the word vaccine to? And what doll was entered into this year's National Toy Hall of Fame? Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the off-ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and get some perspective on life. Why do you always look at me when you say steer clear of crazy? Oh, no, I don't. (laughs) I see a little side glance. Okay. Well, Marcia, the use of the word vaccine more than doubled in frequency in 2021. But the shortened version, VAX, V-A-X, surged even more. It was 72 times more frequently used this year than last year. And that's why the Oxford Dictionary has made VAX the word of the year. But Hmm. what animal can we trace the word vaccine to? God, I don't know. Tell me. If you knew Latin, you'd know this. (laughs) Well, there you have it. I should know (laughs) that. Didn't you take Latin in in high school? I didn't. The word vaccine can be traced to cow or cattle. Now, many people know that the first ever vaccine was for smallpox. A lot of people don't know the role cows had in developing that vaccine. Did you know cows had anything to do with it? No, I didn't. Well, Edward Jenner, he was a rural British physician in the 1790s, and he was looking for a way to inoculate the human body from smallpox. And he had heard folklore that milkmaids were immune from smallpox milkmaids because they got cowpox sores on their hands from cows they were milking and later they never got smallpox when everybody else got it. Oh, isn't that interesting? Now cowpox was a mild disease but it had similar symptoms. It had scabs and sores and pus. So in 1796 he took some cowpox pus from a milkmaid's hand, Sarah Nelms, and he scraped it onto the arm of an eight-year-old boy named James Phipps. Two months later He injected smallpox into the boy, and he never got it. Whose parents would let their boy be injected with smallpox? That's a question, isn't it? Jeez. But it was a safe experiment from the standpoint of the cowpox. It's a mild disease. You can't die from that. But it made the boy immune to smallpox, which you can die from. So Edward Jenner published a paper, and he coined a scientific name for cowpox, variola vaccina, variola for virus, and vacca for cow. Virus of the cow is what cowpox was, so he called his inoculation process with the cow virus vaccination. That word is used all over the world for all kinds of vaccines today. And guess what? Speaking of the abbreviation Vax, V-A-X, Edward Jenner himself even complained about anti-vax people, only he spelled it V-A-C-K-S. Back then, the anti-vaxxers thought that injecting a cow virus would make cow parts grow out of your body. (laughs) Okay, smallpox. We're very familiar with that. That was a great plague. Smallpox. Mm -hmm. What was the big pox if there was a smallpox? Uh, Measles? Malaria? The plague? Well, in a way. Tell me. The term smallpox was first used in Britain in the early 16th century to distinguish the disease from syphilis. Oh, That was known as the great pox. Ah, I'll bet. The great pox. All right, Bob, let's get happy. Let's talk toys. I bet you didn't know that there's a National Toy Hall of Fame. That's in Rochester. Rochester, New York, Mm -hmm. at a children's museum. And it's been around since 1998. 
This year, three top winners. Uh, one of them is a doll. Do you know which doll it was? Is it a current doll that I would know? These are all existing toys. They are, okay. Well, Barbie's probably already in there, right? She was one of the founding winners. A yes. founding toy. <laughs> I don't know. What would it be? We should know this one. Okay, wait a minute. Xbox. Bob, it's a doll. It's the Xbox doll. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to make it easy for you. But it's the Wisconsin-born doll. Oh, the American Girl doll. Very good. You got it on that one. That yes. whole series of dolls. Yes. Wow. It changed the way kids play, and it fostered learning and activity because it was the first doll that stimulated the exploration of this country's social and cultural background. Our daughter had Molly from the 1940s. And yes, then and there, that uh, spurred her interest in uh, World War II. Yes. You're right. And she and her doll looked exactly alike for a creepy amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> you got that picture of them, I remember. Oh, it was adorable. Yes, it wasn't it was creepy. It was beautiful. That so, was a great new development yes, in girls' because dolls. it came with other things besides the dresses. It came with a book, a book about the culture of the time and the, their place. And now, That's now into the National Toy Hall, Hall of, Fame. of Fame. And along with this year's winner, <laughs> you'll like this, the Game of Risk. Oh, really? Yeah. And, okay. And sand. Sand is in the Toy Hall of Fame? Yes. It stimulates... It finally made it. <laughs> After millions of years of waiting. <laughs> yes. That's stupid, isn't it? Well, it's sandbox play. It stimulates uh, creativity and learning, and kids love to play in it. Don't ask me, Bob. I didn't pick it. <laughs> sand. Okay. Well, sand finally got there, but I'm asking... Which grain of sand got there? That's, <laughs> That's the a whole other have. question. All right, what do you got? <laughs> okay. In the New York Times on Sunday, November 7th, there was a four-page insert. Now, these things cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to run in a paper such as the New York Times. The Olay Cosmetics Company... I've used Olay. ...ran an ad for something. It was for the packaging, not the product. So tell me what the ad was about. For the packaging? Yes. Well, what the heck? They paid for a four-page ad in the New York Times for packaging? Yes. Okay, tell me, what could they do? Did they... Think of the things you usually say when you can't open something. What do you say? Damn it. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. We don't need to go into all the words oh, you use, Oh, all the Mark. words. Okay. Okay, you, how, about, how about this? Let me tell you, this is the, the headlines on the front of this, okay. uh, this uh, section. And it's, like I said, it's a four-page section in the New York Times okay. on November 7th. I literally cannot open the stupid jar on my own, an Ole user. Here's another Ole user. I have tried all night to get this jar open. Please, please make this easier. <laughs> and uh, the third one was, please reconsider the design of your jar. And then below that, the big brand name, Ole. You open it up, which I'm doing right now. <laughs> and it says, finally, skincare design with me in mind. And there's a, a lady there. And what it says is, now a jar that's easy to open. They put little wings on the jar lid. So your fingers can go against that when you're trying to turn it instead of just having a smooth round jar lid. If you have arthritis or handicap, yes, it could be hard. Interesting. Yeah, if you have anything with a weak hand or anything yeah. like that from any age, yeah. that's hard to open some of these things. Yeah, so it's called the easy open lid. Well, see, if they put that on pickled jars, most of us women would have never had to get married. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my okay. goodness. Well, that will explain so many things in our life Moving together. Moving on. Fortunately, it turned out happy, <laughs> okay. but still. who You open all my pickle A jars. pickle jar. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you, Bob, uh, four stock exchange symbols, and you tell me the company 
they represent. Okay. okay? I'll start with an easy one. Hog, H-O-G. That's an easy one? Yeah. For you, it should be. Hog? Mm-hmm. House of Glass? I don't know. <laughs> House what, of Glass? <laughs> what, what, what would hog Where be? Where do we live, Bob? In Wisconsin. Yeah. Milwaukee. Well, it's not Harley. Yes. Why it's, would it be H-O-G? They call the big Harley Davidson motorcycles hogs. The hogs, I know that, but yeah. okay, gee, I wouldn't do that to my company. Okay. Well, that's, that's yeah. yeah. The hog is what everybody calls I know. the Harley. I know they call it. That. All right. Not what I would do. <laughs> okay. Bid. B-I-D. Whose uh, symbol is that? All right. If we're going with nicknames, that's got to be like an auction house or something? Correct. Which one? Christie's? No. Okay. What is Southby's. it? Southby's. Southby's, really? Southby's okay. auction house. They go with bid, all right. Okay. How about cake? C-A-K-E. The bakery, perhaps? It's a restaurant. Cake? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, is it the, uh, what is that name of that company? The Cheesecake the Factory. The Cheesecake Factory. Yes. Okay. That's, uh, I didn't know they were an independent company that had stock that they sold. Yes, indeed. Wow, maybe I should buy some of that. <laughs> I've put enough of their product in my belly in the past. Okay. All right, last one. P-Z-Z-A, Pizza. P-Z-Z-A? Mm-hmm. Pizza Hut? Not Pizza Hut, but another one would be a national chain. Is it the, uh, oh, it's the one with the Greek guy that says pizza, pizza. I don't know that one. It's Papa John's. Oh, Papa John's. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's their exchange symbol. I did not know those. You didn't get one of My them. My apologies okay. to the hog friends. We have friends <laughs> yes. who are big hog people. Maybe if a president had ridden a hog, then you'd know. <laughs> president, I think a president did ride a hog. Yeah, they did. There were a couple. Speaking of famous Americans... Westminster Abbey has been around for over a thousand years. Yes. It's a famous church mm-hmm. in London. Many of England's kings, queens, poets are buried there. But which famous Americans statue appears over the door to Westminster Abbey? Really? Yeah. Would it be FDR? No. No. It goes way back. Way I back? didn't say it goes way back. Oh, no, you didn't. I so said, they did this. Just listen, Marsh. Which famous Americans? <laughs> I didn't say what date. American apostrophe S. Oh, okay. So it's one person. Well, let's person. put it this way. Which famous American in the form of a statue <laughs> okay. appears over the door of Westminster Abbey? I see you're getting cross. Oh, please. <laughs> All right. Let I'll... me put you out of your misery, Marsha. <laughs> Thank it's you. Martin Luther King Jr. Really? I had no idea. Well, bravo. Sculptor Tim Crawley's statue of Martin Luther King Jr. was unveiled above the entrance to Westminster Abbey in 1998. Huh. And he joined Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Oscar Romero, and several other modern martyrs above the main door. Since medieval times, the niches on that entrance have stood empty. And now statues of these important historical figures are there memorializing them as Christian martyrs. I had no idea. Okay, what famous American scientist was buried in Westminster Abbey? I didn't know this either. It wasn't Einstein, was it? No. What famous American uh, scientist? Edison? No. Um, this is recent, very recent. Recent. Oh, is it Hawking? No. Yes, Stephen Hawking. His ashes were buried in Westminster Abbey in 2018 in the scientist's corner. His ashes were laid between Isaac Newton and Charles Darwin. Oh. He was 76 when he died. Oh, so that's quite an honor. Yeah, those are two famous Americans who are in, in one form or another, uh, at Westminster Abbey. I in did one not form know. or the other. Yeah, well, I guess literally that's true, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, okay. And Stephen Hawking's, of course, did the groundbreaking research on black holes and the origins of the universe. Yes, he did. Big books. Big books, big, big brain, big, big ideas. <laughs> Let's go. Speaking of a big idea, 
Human beings have about 600 muscles in their body. How many do caterpillars have? Okay, 600 muscles in the human body. How many do caterpillars have? Well, I bet they have many more than that. Tiny little muscles. Really? You think so? Yeah, I'd say maybe 1,000 or more. 1,200? Okay. 1,500. 4,000. That's amazing That's how crazy, intricate that is. And, you know, they only live around three or four weeks, and they use all their muscles to what? Look for food. And in their little lifetime, they eat 27,000 times their body weight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Before they, you know, spin off to another life. So they don't follow that Miss Piggy uh, rule of don't eat anything bigger than your head. Or, no, more than you can lift. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Tony. No, it's one I quote regularly. Oh, more than you can lift. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marsha. Smith. Welcome back to The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Marsha, a woman named Margaret York, an LAPD trailblazer, died. She was 80 years old. Uh, she's married to the, uh, remember Judge Ito in the uh, Simpson trial? Yeah, The O.J. Yeah. Simpson trial? She's married to him. Oh, okay. What is she known for, though? Margaret York, age 80, former police person, police woman, uh, the what Los Angeles Police for? Department. Did she yeah. invent something? She inspired something. She inspired something. Uh, is it a, th- a movement? A uh, movie or TV show. L.A. Law? Nope. Cagney and Lacey. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I'll show you a picture of her. She almost looks like one of the gals yeah, in she Cagney does. Lacey. she looks like uh, Lacey. We see police women all the time in films and TV shows. Well, and now that's, there are no policemen anymore. <laughs> she was working in homicide in the 1970s, and she was paired with Detective Helen Kidder, mainly, both said, because the men in the department didn't want to work with women. So this left them as partners by default and created a groundbreaking team of an all-female homicide unit. By 1980, they were attracting attention for their crime-solving skills. That included helping to find the perpetrators of a notorious series of murders on the Sunset Strip. And that inspired TV producers to do Cagney and Lacey. You go, ladies. Love it. It That famous series uh, with, uh, what, Tyne Daly and Sharon Glass? You know what they said? (laughs) I just wanted to tell you what she said, that she thought they got so many confessions more than men. Really? Why? You know why? We didn't start putting words in their mouths, she said. We gave them a chance to tell their stories. And they thought, you're a woman, you're either stupid or you don't matter. And so they just spilled the beans. Margaret York, one of the inspirations for Cagney and Lacey, died in uh, November of uh, 2021, 80 years old. It helps every so often to pull the girl card. (laughs) Bob, it's raining. Drop me off at the door. Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're in Wisconsin, Bob, so I have two cow questions. Okay. In a row. Oh, okay. I had my cow question. I now know. you have your cow question. I know. Question. We have to name We this. didn't even plan that. No, we never do. It, this could be the Dairy Air mm-hmm. show. Dairy Air. <laughs> All right. All right. We know that cows produce a lot of gas. You're, you're always hearing about that. Mm-hmm. But how much manure do they average each day? Oh, how much manure does an average cow produce each day? Yeah. Ew, I hate to think about that. Yes. Because I'm looking at, in my mind, of, uh, you know, a pile of, you know what, going, how much does that weigh? Yeah. 10 pounds? 65 to 82 pounds a day. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord. I, I don't know. They do it like 15 times a day. That's and what a cow produces in waste. It's and, over 12 tons a year. Oh, my goodness. That's a. Uh, okay. 
we need to get the other statistics from the other end. How much food does it take to feed a cow in a year? Some of our farmers would tell us that. Okay, but how much milk does the average cow produce each day? And of course, that's the dairy cow, not a beef yeah. cow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, how much in, milk? Yeah, in uh, pounds or quarts or glasses. You do it by glasses? The answers I have are pounds or quarts. Oh, tell me what they are. It's 60 pounds of milk a day, Wow. which is 22 and a half quarts, 90 glasses a day, or f- about 1,500 gallons a year. That's amazing. 90 glasses of milk a day come from one, one cow. cow. Yeah, so you that's why the old farmstead, you could easily... It could take care of the whole family just having one cow. Oh, yeah. And in the average uh, milk-producing years of a dairy cow, they produce an average of 19,000 gallons. 19,000 gallons. Man, they are productive animals. They are. They're useful. And they're, some of them are kind of cute. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, well, thanks. You compared welcome. me to a cow just no, now. No, just cute. No, you did. You're cute. I've got another question, a nature question. Uh-huh. I never thought of this before. Where is the southernmost tree in the world? Tree. We tree. think of trees in yeah, the big yeah, forests yeah. Okay. or woods. The southernmost, well, place. It would be in the southernmost place, I would think. And, uh, well, there are no trees in Antarctica. I was going to say there's none in Antarctica, so it would be above that. So where would they be? Oh, golly. Where would it be? Where it, would they be? Uh, is it, uh, gosh, what is way down there? I almost forget. Okay, I'll Australia. give you the answer. Oh, it's Chile. Ch- oh, Chile, really? Yeah, it's on Isla Hornos. That's a Chilean oh, island. I was it's just going the, to say that. It's at the very tip of South America, uh-huh. and that's where you'll find Cape Horn. That's where the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans meet. It's one of the windiest places in the world. Hurricane force really? winds of 75 miles per hour are common. You, if you read Magellan's, any of the uh, diaries from the people on Magellan's voyage or anything, mm-hmm. they, they just thought they were at the end of the earth. Oh, no this, kidding. They, they, their sails were being ripped apart by the winds and everything. It was terrible. And nobody else had ever been there before. Uh-huh. Hurricane winds of 75 miles per hour are common. So the trees in the area don't grow very tall, and that includes the world's southernmost tree. They call it a Magellan's beech tree. Located at the edge of the island, it stands just a foot and a half tall. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, that's a little a little baby. And I got another tree question. Where is the most isolated tree in the world? <sighs> the tree that's the farthest away from any other tree. It's not at the top of All a right, mountain. All right, tell me. It's on an island, though. Which one? It's uh, New Zealand's Campbell Island. It's a 30-foot-tall Sitka spruce known as the Ranfurly tree. It's located 120 miles from the nearest other tree in the Auckland wow. Islands. Okay, so that's the, f- the lone tree, the farthest away The lone away tree, from and they tree. believe it was actually planted there uh, by human beings. Instead oh, okay. Of, yeah, Lord Ranfurly, they believe, planted it there on a visit to the island in 1901. He was New Zealand's governor at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Bob. William Morrison... In 1897, invented cotton candy. What makes this interesting, Bob? Is I his, don't know. Oh, oh, go ahead. Is his profession? What was he? Oh, I think he was a dentist. That's right. <laughs> How did you know that? I don't. I remember that being an ironic, iconic kind oh. of fact. But tell me about it. That's it. That's it. He he was a dentist, and he partnered with some confectioner because he wanted to make this sugary food. You know what's in cotton candy, Bob? No, just sugar. And food coloring and water. That's wow. it. Wow. And it's they spin it and yeah. it spins. Yeah. And then it disappears quickly. Yeah. 
You like it? I never. I don't. Like I it. I remember getting it like at a zoo or something yeah. when I was a kid, and I, the first time I liked it, but after that I never liked it, and it's. I felt like I didn't eat anything. Yeah, yeah. You get hungry right away. Yeah. Okay. What do you get? You know, remember we did this uh, during uh, the lockdown in twenty twenty. We had uh, a story about dreams and how people were dreaming weird yeah. dreams. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, there's uh, the New York Times on uh, a magazine recently had a story called The Global Dream Lab, and they're comparing stories from all over the world. But in that article, they also had an interesting fact I never heard of. Did you know that migrating birds and swimming dolphins manage to sleep while on the move? What? They, they do this by resting one hemisphere of their brains at a time. I Isn't that amazing? That. Yes. And sitting ducks do this too. <laughs> sitting ducks. It's a lot of the animals they think do this kind of thing because they have a uh, defense mechanism, oh. so they can rest, but they can be alert. Wow. And they call that first night effect at a hotel. When you go to a hotel or yeah. some other place you never slept, when you have a hard time sleeping. Well, that's the phenomenon in humans. They think it's related to that. The first night effect, it occurs when the left hemisphere of our brains refuses to fully rest when we're sleeping in new uncertain oh. environments for the first time, causing us to wake up tired because that brain, that part of the brain says, yep. I don't know what this is. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned about not, this. Isn't and that the other side says, oh, wow. oh, I'll go to sleep, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the first night effect, and they think that's related to how some of these animals who maybe be fly all night somewhere, yeah. they're resting half their brain at the time. It's one of those things that it's kind of like, how can a horse stand up and go to sleep? You yeah. know, all that kind of interesting stuff. Maybe that's what that guy I was looking at last night at the pizza restaurant was standing in. I thought he was sleeping, but his eyes were open. Remember? Was... <laughs> you kept, I didn't I didn't see the guy. Oh, man. Marsha was... was transfixed by this guy. He's, <laughs> something's wrong with that man. <laughs> He's just, I think, yeah, well, never mind what I thought, but okay. All right. All right. Who are the only mammals to have blue eyes? There's only two mammals on earth that have blue eyes. There's Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> and who else? Oh, he's old blue eyes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't right. know. Who, who else? Oh, uh, Black Lemurs. L-E-M-U-R-S. Who knew that? Uh, not me, but all the other animals and mammals in the world do not have blue eyes. I wonder why. I don't That's either. That's a weird thing of, of uh, evolution, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a simple question. You'll answer this one right away. Give you points, okay? It's about time. Who had the world's first democracy with the first legislature? What uh, civilization? Greece or U.S.? Well? Which one? I'm asking. Uh, I think it was the United States. No, it's Greece. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that almost had a bad word there on our show. Oh, it's yeah, odd. the Greeks adopted democracy around the 5th century BCE in ancient Athens. It wasn't like ours. Only 500 people could vote. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. But they were not emperors or rulers, so it was the first government by the people. All Mm -hmm. right, now, this is my second question on government, okay? (laughs) This country has been practicing democracy longer than any other continuously, not Greece. What country has the world's oldest legislature and how old is it? I'm going to give you countries, okay? Egypt, Iceland, Honduras, or China? Iceland. Really? Why would you say that? I don't know. It Iceland? Just so- it sounds like it doesn't fit in that group. Iceland. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, that's it? true. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Second question. How long have they been conducting <laughs> oh, for- elections for representatives in that country? Tell me. 1,080 years. Oh, my God. Since the year 930 AD. That's when Icelanders came together at an outdoor assembly at Thingfiflir. <laughs> 
That's what it's called, Think Fifth Lear. It's an outdoor venue, which is now a national park, and that's where they formed the world's first modern legislature or parliament. Now, the name in English, Think Fifth Lear, means Parliament Plains, describing the outdoor landscape. So for over a 1,000 years, representatives from throughout Iceland have assembled every summer to make laws and settle disputes. And this has been going on since 930 A.D., so it's the oldest continuing parliament or legislature in the world. Wow. Who would have guessed? Well, I did, didn't I? You okay. did. <laughs> okay, before I get to famous last words, mm-hmm. we know the hottest day on Earth was in Death Valley in California. In 1913, it came in at 134 degrees. Ooh-hoo-hoo. That was the hottest recorded temperature on Earth. But what's the hottest country on Earth? Okay, the hottest country. I would think the Sahara Desert, so I would say Egypt. Is yeah. it, Or is it the Middle East? Or is it somewhere in Africa? Yes, it's Mali in South Africa. Wow. Uh, now, keep this in mind. The average... Mali was a girl who lived in our neighborhood well, years ago. And also the American Girl doll. Oh, that's our, true. Our daughter oh, okay, had. I'm sorry. Distraction, <laughs> distraction. Considering that Death Valley's average annual temperature is 76 degrees, which puts the Mali average temperature in perspective. It's 84 degrees, so that's pretty hot for an average. That means day and night. I go, yeah, you're right. There'd be the lots seasons. of uh, variations yeah. on that, but yeah. you have to be a steady 84 degrees or that, more most of the th- time. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's hot. Okay, one more question on government, then I'll let you have the final word. We know the U.S. has 100 senators, two for each state. Mm-hmm. It has 435 voting congressmen in the House of Representatives. That's 535 people. Hard for that many people to come to agreement on things, you right? You think? Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. But we don't have the world's largest legislature. Oh, no. What country has the world's largest legislature, and is, how big is it? Is it? Give me some countries. Are we talking okay. a little country? Countries big? like China, Brazil, Iceland, <laughs> or Russia. <laughs> I'll say Brazil. No. Okay. Want a second guess? I can't imagine Russia, but Russia. No. (laughs) Okay. Third guess? No. (laughs) Okay. It's China. Yeah. The National People's Congress of China has 2,980 members, and each person represents 450,000 people. They're elected to five-year terms. But, you know, when you're in a communist country— I was going to say, they just do what the government tells them. Well, yeah, I don't think it's— That's why I didn't guess China, because you don't really need a whole lot of politicians there. Well, a funny thing, our Congress is year-round. These 2,980 people meet for one two-week period every year, and then everything's done. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even come close to settling our budget for the, you know, <laughs> for the fiscal to, year. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I'm going to finish up with the famous last words of two famous drinkers. Okay. Pablo Picasso's last words. Drink to me, drink to my health. Yeah. You know I don't drink anymore. <laughs> That's what he said. Really? I just Paul McCartney made a song out of it. Oh. Didn't yeah. you ever hear that? Uh, no. Drink to me, drink to my health. You know oh. I don't drink anymore. All I have is drink to me, so I didn't know there were three. Drink to me, <laughs> drink to All my right. health. Yeah, and speaking of drinking, Dylan Thomas, he said, I've had 18 straight whiskeys. I think that's a record. After 39 years, this is all I have done. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> all that he did at that, that day, anyway. That, well, How many whiskeys? 18 in a row. 18 in a row. That's why he died. Well, that's correct. Oh, God. And that's it for today with Bob and Marcia Smith. Join us again next time when we return with The, the Off-Ramp. Off-Ramp.
The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.